Thanks for checking out the Awaken Church podcast. Awaken Church messages are brought to you by our generous givers and partners. You can always learn more about the vision or get financially to support the work God is doing here at Awaken by visiting our website, awakenchurch.cc. If you can't make one of our weekly worship services, you can always watch online by going to our website and clicking on the watch tab. And now, wherever you're joining us from, thanks for listening, and we hope this message encourages you. I love that uh, illustration. I felt like the Lord just gave it to me a little earlier about a restaurant. And because uh, to be honest with you, if I'm on a date with Ashley Bowers, I don't care if it's McDonald's. It's a good date. Amen. Now, I like to hit halls and snob and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't matter what's being served up when I'm with her because I'm there for her. And that's why here at Awaken, you know, you may come in and go, look, I don't really like that worship. That's kind of like an Arby's worship. I want a different kind of worship. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I've, I've encountered the Lord. I've experienced the presence of Jesus in some messed up churches that's got terrible worship services. You know what I mean? You know, God, y'all are hating on y'all's church. Chill out. Some of y'all been where I've been. Uh, it's just different preference, you know? Some people like McDonald's, some like Chick-fil-A. When it comes to worship and styles and church, it's all preference. As long as we're lifting high the name of Jesus, I don't care what you're serving up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can sing a hymn. You can play an organ. Uh, you can have a choir with robes on, a choir without robes on. You can have drums. You can have those fake drums. You know, they got electrical drums up in there where God will be playing. It's not even like a real drum set. I don't care what you're serving up. As long as you're preaching Jesus, we're good. All right, Psalm chapter one. And some of y'all won't amen nothing else I say, but you just amen that. Because you're like, I'm trying out this contemporary church, but I don't really like this kind of stuff. Amen, preacher. <laughs> Psalm chapter one. Talking about seeds, weeds, and trees. And this is the last, uh, last installment, uh, in this series. And I want to talk today about what it looks like to, uh, to be a tree, to be planted, uh, to be in this thing for the long haul, to live a life that lasts, that, that leaves a legacy, uh, that bears fruit, that blesses other people. Um, we're, we're way past the seed stage of, um, a relationship with Jesus just starting. Uh, I want us to think about uh, a long-lasting life, something that uh, is, is steady, that goes through seasons, that's been around for a few years, that, that lives and that lasts and that thrives, not just gets by. That's what I believe God wants us to be as his people. And uh, I want to look at Psalm chapter 1 because uh, the writer of Psalms, who I believe is David, uh, we know he wrote a good portion of the Psalms. We don't know exactly uh, who wrote this first chapter, but I believe that David who was a great and godly king who experienced all the success this world has to give. I believe David tells us exactly what it takes to live a life that is blessed. How many of y'all want to be blessed? Okay, the rest of y'all, y'all can leave. This ain't for you. If you want to be blessed, if you want to live and walk in the blessings of God, David says this is how it happens. This is how you become a blessed man or a blessed woman. Let me read it and then we'll break it down. And I am going to read this out of my Bible because it's uh, the ESV translation. Psalm chapter one, here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Catch that. David's going, look, blessed is the man or blessed is the woman who doesn't do these things, who doesn't walk with the wicked, stand with the sinners, or sit with the scoffers or mockers. Those would be people that make fun of the Lord or the work of the Lord. Verse two, 
But the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree. Everybody say like a tree. That's the title of the sermon today. Be the tree. Be the tree. I want you to leave this place today and be like, look, I'm a tree. That means something. You're going to say what it means in a few minutes. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. But in all that he does, he prospers. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the person who lives this way. That word blessed at the very uh, me mentioning that word, it may rub some of you the wrong way because blessing gets abused in churches a lot of times. And the idea is that blessing is like, oh, that person's blessed because they got money or blessed because they have cars or blessed because they have the house, blessed because nothing bad ever happens to them. Y'all, that's not what blessing means at all. In fact, I want you to understand today that blessed is not some condition that we have, but if we're in Christ, if we have a relationship with God, and that's what David's talking about, blessed is a position that we have. Blessed is a position not a condition. Here's what I mean. I get to work with uh, pastors and church leaders, and it's one of the things I love about what God's allowed me to be a part of with a church planting network and coaching other guys. And I had a guy two weeks ago, because we've been open for a while now as a church, and by the way, look around real quick, 11 o'clock, y'all showed up today, amen? Uh, I appreciate, listen, I can't thank you enough for coming and following all the protocols and allowing us to open the church back up and the stories that are coming out of Awaken Church and other churches of people who really have come out of the shadows, come out of the darkness, um, are working through depression, mental illness, struggles that have come from isolation. Thank you for doing this the right way so that we can do this. I look around and I was having this conversation two weeks ago and this guy was like, yeah, you, yeah, but you, you gotta, your church is larger and you guys can space out. You're blessed. I'm like, eh, I, yeah, you're right. But guess what? I was blessed before we had this church. I was blessed before we had this building. We've been in here for four years. I was blessed when we were in Wapoo Road renting a church. I was blessed when we were in Oakland Elementary School. Y'all, I was blessed when the church started in my living room in a small group. I was blessed before there was a church. You know why? Because blessed is not dependent on stuff, right? It's, it's a position. Who I am in God. I'm a child of God. That's why some of you are like, yeah, well, she's just so blessed. Or not she... He's blessed because he's got like a godly, you know, spouse and got good kids and he's, and, and you know what? I, I was blessed before Ashley, not as much, but I, I was blessed when I was single. I was blessed before the kids. Do I like my life better now? Yeah, but I was blessed before I had those things. Well, you got a house, you got two cars. Yeah, I know I got a house and two cars, but I was blessed when I lived in a basement in Gaffney. Didn't own hardly anything. Didn't have hardly any money. Depleted my savings account to buy a ring to marry the greatest blessing of my life, Ashley, Right? But I was blessed long before any of this stuff, and so are you, if you have a relationship with God. I mean, David, the one who writes this, David, David had it all, and then made some terrible decisions, about lost it all. David goes, look, being blessed is not some condition, it's not based on what you have, it's based on who you are. It's based on who you are. And if I could just write any wrong theology or belief that you might have here today, Godly people don't always have it all, but they have it all. You follow? It's blessed is a perspective. 
It's not based on what you have in your account or where you live or what you drive or how many relationships you have. Blessed is about one relationship that you have, and that's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you have that, you have all the riches of this world. David says, look, bank your life on that. Blessed is the one, right? Because we're pursuing a godly life here. By the way, if if you're not pursuing the Lord, you're never reading these passages. (laughs) That's important to remember. David's writing these to the people that wanted to know about the Lord. They wanted to know God's heart and mind toward them. David said, blessed is the one. And then he gives us a list of things not to do. Typically, we like to start with the things to do, right? If I'm going to be blessed, what do I do? I need to pray every day. I need to read my Bible. I need to tie to the church. I need to serve my community. Like there's there's things that I need to do. But the, the psalmist right here starts off with, hey, these are the things that you don't want to do. These are the things that you stay away from. And what I find so interesting is so much about what the psalmist says, and I'm going to say David, what David says here is that a lot of blessing is determined by who you actually hang out with. The places you go, the people you know. Let me give you an example. I'm I'm going to use Makai. Look up, boy. Don't be looking at your nails. What's wrong with you right now? Come here, boy. You're looking at your nails. I'm calling you out. You don't know I'm doing this. This is not staged, so this is spur of the moment, Okay. Um, pull the lights up a little bit. This is Makai. Makai, say what's up. So, I love Makai because he usually stands over there in front of the youth and he worships his heart out. This dude's amazing. Um, you represent, for, the, for, for teaching purposes right now, you represent everything wicked. You good with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So Makai's wicked and he's evil and he's full of sin for this illustration. Now, I know that you're not. That's why I can use you for this illustration. So, what, what David says is, The blessed man doesn't walk in the way of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. So let's take a walk. You ready to walk? So David says that that the blessed man doesn't even walk with those who are wicked, right? So that means that if I don't want to be blessed, I'm going to walk around with him. And we're going to to have conversation, go some places together, right? Where you want to go for wicked? (laughs) We're going to the club. That's what he said, all right? Uh, (laughs) Why are you clubbing? How old are you? Makai 14 hitting the club. What you up, man? Uh, so we're going we're gonna to walk around a little bit, right? Because it, it starts with just kind of a casual relationship, going some places I shouldn't go, hanging with people I shouldn't hang. But what if, what if we stop and hang out in the club, right? Like what if, what if we come over here, this is Parker right here, and let's say Parker's a little bit of wicked and evil too, right? So we're going to hang here for a little while. Next thing you know, I've, I've even stopped, I've stopped moving. I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I'm permanent. And then, and then a step further would be what? We're just going to sit and hang out with Parker, right? Parker didn't have any room for us. Um, so let's go over here. There's probably some wicked people over this way. So I'll just slide over real quick. Slide over. Slide over. Yeah, we're we're going to sit right here. Is this cool? I'm going to pull up a chair, right? So now we're sitting in the seat of scoffers and mockers. We've gone from moving to standing to now sitting. David says that's how the slide happens. You can stay there. Because I'm coming back. I'm coming back. That's why I said stay there. David says that, that's how the slide happens it's gradual. It's gradual. Some of you may be here going, man, how did I slide so far from where I once wanted to be? Maybe you had a relationship with Jesus at some point. Somebody grew up in the church, maybe went to youth group, perhaps even had a relationship with God through college, but now you've slid to a place where you were a shadow of who you once wanted to be. How did it happen? It started with a casual stroll, I bet. And then you decided to stand in some of those places, right? Maybe you, maybe you walked to the club. Then maybe you stood at the bar. Then maybe you went home with somebody. And next thing you know, you cuddled up to a situation 
that's a far cry from the blessed life that God called you to. And you go, how'd it happen? How'd it happen? Hit rewind. Break the scenes up a little bit and see what happens. Now, the, the good news is God says, look, I don't, I don't want to leave you there. So if, if we're sitting right here, guess what? Where it starts with me, and by the way, you're going to be my example. If Makai wants to be godly, he's got to get up from that seat. Because all we're doing is rewinding the scenario, right? You've got to get up. We're going to stay here. We're going to stay close to those who are wicked and evil. We don't stand with them, are we? We're not standing. We're walking. Let's go. We got to walk away from some of the relationships that tempted us that we used to hang out with, right? Because we're pursuing godliness and righteousness. So now we're, we're not just getting up. We're walking away from some of those influences and we're walking toward a life of blessing and godliness. That is what David is telling us that we have to do. The problem, thank you, Makai. Y'all give it up for Makai. The problem with too many Christians is this. They want to be blessed and holy and righteous, but stay hanging out in the same spaces. And I know it's unpopular, but some of y'all need to walk away from some people that are trying to keep you seated in some ungodly places. Otherwise, you're going to be in this for years and go, why haven't I changed? Why am I still going through the same struggles? Why do I have so much drama? David says, look, if you want to be grounded as a seed and become a tree, you got to guard your life. That means not everybody has access to me. If you're not pursuing the Lord, if you want to grow in your walk with Christ, if you want to push me, you don't want to push me toward my purpose in being a child of God, you don't have a place in my life. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't like you. But we're not going to be hanging out a lot. I'm not going to the club. I'm not hanging out at the bar. And it's not just because I'm married with kids. It's because I want to be in relationship with God. David says, if you want to bless life, you've got to separate yourself from some of the influences that want to separate you from God. Look at Jesus. I mean, Jesus is walking with Peter, one of his closest friends. Peter would go on to lead the early church. And Jesus is walking along and Jesus is telling him, hey, look, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to, I'm going to die. But three days later, I'm going to come back to life. Peter, you know what Peter does? No, you're not. You're the Messiah. You're not going to die. You know what Jesus said to him? Hey, get behind me, Satan. Some of you are like, oh, what, Jesus said that? Yeah, Jesus said it. Why? Because Peter was pulling Jesus from his purpose. Jesus knew what he was sent to do. He knew why he came. He came to seek and save those who were lost. He knew he had to go to the cross. Peter didn't want that to happen. No, no, no. I want you to be my Messiah and set up a kingdom here. And Jesus goes, Peter, you need to shut up. He cut that voice out of his life. Did he keep befriending Peter? Absolutely. Did he keep discipling Peter? Absolutely. But he wouldn't allow him to deter his purpose for personal preference and selfish gain. Now, here's the deal when it comes to being godly and being blessed. Some of you need to filter some voices out of your life. Wrong voices, wrong choices. And you're never going to grow in your walk with Christ if you keep letting the same people influence you in the same way. Well, Brandon, what you want me to do? Step out and join a cult? Just talk to church people? I'm not saying you need to just talk to church people, and I'm definitely not asking you to join a cult. 
But what I am inviting you to do is to let the majority of the influence in your life come from people who are godly and want to see you grow in your walk with Christ. Because if, if, you, if you don't do that, if, if you don't make the choice to get up, walk away from, and walk toward the people of God, then I promise you, you're not going to experience the blessing that David describes. It'll never happen. And while I'm on that real quick, because I'm looking around and I'm seeing some arms around each other and some couples, some marriages. I see Russ and Karen back there who I love so much. When you start talking about marriage and who it is that um, you're going to spend the rest of your life with, young women, can I tell you, please do not marry an ungodly man. Because if you're unequally yoked and you're moving in different directions, he's going to win. The world is a strong influence. Be wise who you let step into influence in your life. The blessed person doesn't walk with the wicked, doesn't stand with the sinners, and does not sit in the seat of scoffers. And while we're on that real quick, scoffers and mockers, it's those who make light of or make fun of the things of God. So be careful. Don't surround yourself with cynical people, sarcastic people. Cynicism is the enemy of intimacy. Look in, oh, God, raising their hand. Why do the people in the front row raise their hands in worship? Well, baby, that's just the cheering section. They're just the ones down close. They paid for those seats, you know. Just, don't, don't, don't come in scoffing and mocking the things of God. Becca, when she gets up here and shares her testimony, talks about the faithfulness of God. Can I just tell you about Becca German real quick? Personal story in my life. About two months into COVID, my two boys, they're in this service, Braley and Bryson. They were looking like Teen Wolf, hair everywhere. I said, baby, I can take care of this. I got clippers. I give myself a fade most weeks. Every now and then I'll go to the barber. But I said, I got this. I put it on a one and a half. Try to give them a little fade. Problem is, I'm not good with the hair on top. So they had this big pushover, and they were high and tight all the way around. It looked terrible. And <laughs> so a couple months of that, and we said, Becca. Called up Becca. Becca, can you help us out? My boys hate me. She came over, back patio, you know, touched it all up. When it was all said and done, she looked at, at Braley, my 14-year-old, and said, that's, that's about as best as I can do. <laughs> and it just now recovered to where it looks good. You, you, you can come into a church, <laughs> and you can sit and listen to someone like Becca share her faith. Becca, how old are you? How many? 27. Sit up here and share her story about how God's blessed her because of her obedience and her finances. And you can sit back there and be like, yeah, that's good for her. That's not my story. But have you taken her steps of obedience? So you can scoff and mock the things of the Lord. Or you can go, man, maybe he's trying to teach me something. I need to pay attention. Because a 27-year-old single girl, you are single, right? Which take note, fellas. 27-year-old, strong female, entrepreneur, fashion, fashion goddess. Come on. And she loves Jesus. You can, you can sit and scoff, scoff and mock at stuff like that. Or you can go, hey, make up. maybe God's trying to teach me something, right? Let it be an example so you can grow in your faith. Don't be a scoffer. Don't be a mocker. The blessed one is the one that doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers. Verse 2. But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Day and night. Listen, I believe God wants me to encourage some of you with this. 
And this may be the only thing you take away from church today. If you want to start experiencing a life of blessing in your walk with God, your relationship's going to have to move from just a Sunday service. It's going to have to go deeper. I mean, on his law, he meditates day and night. What David's saying is, look, whoever wants to be blessed in their relationship with God and in their life is going to have to take this word and it's going to mean something beyond just what the preacher delivers on a Sunday morning. It means you got to get in it. It means you got to read it. You got to digest it and not just endure it, but delight in it. You go, wait a minute. You want me to love reading the Bible? Now, I don't want you to raise your hands here because I would be trapping you into a lie. But if I were to be like, hey, how many of y'all love reading the Bible? I'm like, oh, I'm in church. No, you don't. You don't love it. Hey, it's, it's, it's a work. Discipleship, base word is discipline. Most discipline is not fun, but you've got to have self-discipline to actually read the word. And as you read it, your delights, your desires start to change. I think about myself 20 years ago as a junior in college. I remember having a mentor. His name was Eric. Eric Shabrin, I want you to read the book of John. Start reading the book of John. Yes, sir, I'll do it. I'll get in there. I'll read it. And I started reading it. Very first, very first verse confused me. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word with God. Then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What is he talking about? Now keep in mind, I was a pre-law major. I was pretty smart. But I'm like, I don't even know what this means. You want me to be motivated to keep reading it? It's confusing to me. It's not even intriguing to me right now. And I think about my life 20 years later, and I'm like, man, I love the word of God. I love what it's taught me. I love what it says about who I am. It's changed my desires. The things that I want in my life now, very different than two decades ago. Why? Because what I give my attention to shapes my affections. And maybe for some of you, you're like, man, why don't I desire the things of God where you're not consuming the word of God? And so your affections aren't changed because your attention's not on his word. You go, why do I love worldly things so much? Well, guess what you're giving attention to? Well, I got to get that new lease on that vehicle. My 2017 looks terrible. No, it doesn't. You're just looking at that. You're looking at what your neighbor's got. You want what your neighbor has. Or you got to get a bigger house, better car, better spouse. And you go, why? What's wrong with my desires, my delights? It's not in the Lord. If you want your desires to change, you got to change what you're putting into your mind because your mind shapes your affections. David says, look, the blessed man, the blessed woman, their delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. I want to talk to some of you who have a difficult time reading. Most people will never read another book after graduating high school. Some of y'all are like, I didn't even read in high school. That, that's fine. And I realize I'm asking you to read a book that is actually a collection of 66 books. So there's a lot of books right here. Can I give you some suggestions on how to get the word of God into your life, into your mind? There's an app. It's called Dwell, D-W-E-L-L. Download it. I think there's a free version, and then it's like $2.99. You can set it to read to you. This is what I do. I've been reading. Proverbs has been read to me the past two weeks by a British woman named Rosie. <laughs> you, you got 12 voice options. I found in life everything that's spoken in British just sounds smarter. So I was like, you know what? I don't want David in English NIV. I want Rosie in British ESV. 
So I get in my car in the morning, blessed is the man who pursues wisdom. You know, it's like, come on, I'll drink that up. You know, it reads to me. And I'm riding, I'm driving to the gym at 6.30 in the morning. I get on the, the, the treadmill, start walking. I still got Proverbs coming into my brain. I get back in the vehicle to drive to work, still got Proverbs. And you're like, are you really paying attention? The truth is I'm not paying attention to every single word, but here's what I found out. And you can ask some of our staff, in conversations this past week, I found myself doing what? Quoting songs. I'm quoting Proverbs. Quoting the very things I've been listening to. Why? Because when you put it in your mind, it becomes a part of your heart. And out of the heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So, I mean, think about it like this. There are so many rap songs stuck in this brain. From the 90s, you know, and early 2000s. Even after I was a Christian. I could sing Nelly all day long. I never tried to memorize Tupac and Nelly. But guess what? You, you play it enough and it gets ingrained, it gets downloaded to the hard drive then it comes out of your mouth. Y'all, the same is true for God's word. Get the app, let it read itself to you. Pour it into your life. If you want to read in short uh, snippets, the YouVersion app, you can get a daily devotion. Send it around any topic that you want. Going through depression, boom, dial it up. Here's a 14-day on depression. You want to help your marriage grow in godliness? Dial it up, marriage and godliness. You want to know how to deal with singleness? Dial it up. You can pick the topic, and then God's word speaks to address that particular topic in your life. Hear me saying this. Be intentional, or shall I say disciplined, to seek discipleship from God's word. Not just the person. Like, can I just speak real quick to all my Christianese people? Can you mentor me? Can you disciple me? They may be able to do that, but whatever they do will pale in comparison to what this word will do for you. Get in it and stop looking at somebody to be your savior. This is what you need. David says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates Day and night, he is like a tree. Everybody say, like a tree. He is like a tree that's planted by streams of water. And I love the visual here. I love the visual. A tree that's planted by streams. Another way to say that is rivers. What we need to understand, this Bible was written in the Middle East. Mostly desert land. The concept of a river, it's like, I can't get to a river. The people that were by the river, by the way, societies that were set up by a river, privileged, blessed. Why? Because they provided water and nutrition and fishing and transportation, right? Like if you were by the river, you were in good shape. David says, look, if you want to be planted like a tree, plant yourself in the right place, which is by the river. Because you can plant your life next to some other stuff. Would y'all agree with that? And you can plant your life next to a relationship that will mess you up if it's not connected. And you go, what's the river? What's the river? What's the river? Jesus in John chapter four encounters a woman at a well. Samaritan woman, you probably know the story. Every day at noon, she would go out to this well. She would walk a long way. She would take this bucket. She would lower it down into the well. She would then bring it up by rope and then carry it all the way back to her village. Day after day after day, she would draw this water. One day she gets to the well. Jesus is there. Jesus starts having a conversation with her, reveals to her that he's actually the son of God. He is the Messiah. 
And he tells this woman who spent her days every day going to this well or cistern to retrieve stagnant water, still water that required work day in and day out. He says, look, if you'll connect your life to me, I bring rivers of living water. I'm an endless supply of water. And her mind's blown. Why? Because Jesus goes, I'm here to satisfy everything it is that you think you're looking for. When David says, plant your life by streams or rivers of water, what he's saying, plant your life next to a source that never runs out. If you right now go to the mountains and you were to go up to Pisgah National Forest and you were to go to one of those waterfalls, you can see this river that's rushing down the mountain, but you don't know where in the world the water's coming from. Some of you are like, no, it comes from the, from the sky, it rains. Heavy rains bring a heavier river and uh, it's ice caps that are melting off. Listen, I know all that, but what I'm saying is you can't see where it's coming from. It just keeps on coming. I think about someone who's godly and planted by streams of living water, a tree that endures all kinds of seasons, seasons of thriving, seasons of just getting by, the winter season, the spring season. David says, if you want to be a godly person that's blessed, plant your life in such a way that no matter what season comes your way, you can still endure. That's why the person who's blessed can go through hell on earth, but they still look blessed. Why? Because they're tapping into a source of nutrition and life that you can't see. The blessed life, the godly life is not always smiles. We know that. Sometimes the blessed life is the loss of a child or the loss of a job or the breaking up of a relationship. And you go, that's not blessing at all. Blessing's not circumstantial. It's position, remember that. And I know people who've gone through incredible difficulty this side of heaven, but their roots tap down into the stream of living water. And so life and joy and purpose is never gone. Why? Because they're tied into something that you can't see. It's why the world on the outside looks in and go, how in the world did that marriage make it through the loss of that child? I guarantee if you went and talked to that couple, they'd say, only by the strength of Jesus. Only because of Jesus. How can you have faith and continue to give even in the loss of your job? Only because of Jesus. What do you mean? You're starting a business and you got no clients and you got no income during this season, but you're still giving to the Lord and he's still blessing you? How? Jesus. There's a source that I'm tapped into that you don't know anything about. And God says, look, if you'll plant your life next to the stream or river of living water, this is what's going to happen. Look, this is important. That tree yields its fruit in season and his leaf does not wither and all that he does prospers. It yields its fruit in season. Somebody say its fruit, its season. This is the most important part of the message. Say it again. Y'all say it loud. It's fruit. It's season. Because it's tempting for us to want somebody else's fruit, especially when we're in difficult seasons. You go, what does that mean? It means you're sitting there today going, I, I want the fruit that, that Becca's walking in of blessing and financial provision and business growing. I want that fruit. But maybe the season that you're in is you, you just step back into the walls of the church. And God's going, look, I want one step of obedience from you. Faithfulness will follow obedience. But if you're coming right now going, I want that fruit in this season, you're going you're gonna to sit in this constant state of frustration. When you want what someone else has, it's called comparison or maybe even envy. 
right? I want what you have. And, 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 and the word says, no, no, every tree has its fruit in its season. What that means is your fruit right now may not, you may be in a season where you're trying to heal up. Look, you've been out of church. You know, we did online church. I know we still have people watching online and worshiping online and I'm thankful for that. But some of y'all have been really honest with me. Be like, look, online church was good, but I stopped watching. And you say, hey, stand up and worship. I didn't worship. I had kids running around. It was chaos. It was difficult. Maybe your season right now, you're just now reconnecting back to a rhythm of church or small group or reading the Bible. You're just now getting back into this. Can I just tell you, hey, don't try to rush that season because it's a season of obedience and God's going, look, just start, just start, just start. And maybe you're sitting here going, golly, they want me to like get in a small group and start serving and start tithing and start going on mission trips. And, and it's like, I can take a step, realize it's a season, but even in this season, you still have fruit. You go, what does that mean? Man, your, your fruit may be just to testify, hey, I came back. I, I, came, I came back. And you go, I, that's, not, that's not as glamorous as the fruit that we heard from this stage today. I need a story like that. Now, can I just tell you, like, if oranges ever looked at apples going, man, I wish I was an apple, we wouldn't have no oranges. Don't, don't long for the fruit from somebody else's season. Just come back. Maybe for you, it's, you know, I, maybe you just need to get into a small group. And you hear small group leaders talking about leading and how they've multiplied groups and all that God's doing. And you go, I want that. And it's not bad to want that. But if all you do is chase after that without being faithful in your current season, you'll never see that. Because all trees go through seasons. That's why you don't pick apples in February. And even if you can't see an apple in the tree, God's still growing an apple. You know what I'm saying? And some of you are in a place going, look, I'm so frustrated. Because I thought I'd be here by now, but I feel like I'm stuck over here and I can't seem to grow and become who I want to be. And maybe God's brought you here today to hear this. Just plant yourself where you are and one day your branches will extend over there and someone will pick fruit off of that branch. But if all you try to do is move your seed around to get your needs met and become somebody that you want to become without going through the process of letting God take you there, you'll never get there. That confusing enough? Plant your life. If you want to be planted, you got to get grounded. But make sure you plant next to Jesus. Make sure you plant next to a source that can give you life and carry you through every single season. Blessed is the man. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. And by the way, it's okay to be frustrated sometimes. In fact, some of you might get frustrated at other people trying to encourage you to be somebody you're not quite yet, trying to meet somebody else's expectations. I can identify with that. I think about Jesus, Jesus in his ministry. I mean, here's a man, Jesus, that would walk up and give blind people sight, you know, rub mud on their eyes. Okay, now you can see. And they'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm healed. Jesus is like, shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. My time has not yet come. What's Jesus saying? Hey, there's still work to be done. Don't, don't rush. Don't rush the season. Because every season has a purpose. And, and maybe you're here and, and you feel like other people are trying to rush you through some stuff. You don't need to listen to other people. Listen to the Lord. Right? 
And when people ask, share with them, hey, this is the season that I'm in. I'm struggling. I'm recovering. I'm just coming back. But for some of you, it is time to move into the next cycle of the season. For some of you, maybe you've been sitting in a group for a really long time. And God said, hey, you got a gift of leadership. You got a gift of teaching. It's time for you to step up, step out, start leading a group. I love stories like that. Don't get stuck in something that was just meant to be a season. But understand seasons have to happen. Like a tree planted by streams of water yields its fruit in season. And whatever, and whose leaf does not wither, and in all that he does, he prospers. And I'm going to close on this note because probably one of the most frustrating aspects that I have with Christianity. That's a big statement. I think that Christian relationships, Christian businesses, Christian young people, Christian music, Christian movies, I think Christian culture, I, I think we should be the most flourishing people on the planet, right? That's why I like looking at, at married couples who love Jesus, been walking with them for decades, and I go, man, that's a, that's a marriage that's thriving and that's flourishing, not just getting by, not just surviving. That's, I was telling Matt Laughlin earlier, I love Matthew and Shannon, Shannon Laughlin. I was like, man, I respect y'all as a couple. I love seeing how God's working in your family as you raise your boys and they serve the Lord. I look in and I see a family and a marriage that's thriving, not just surviving. Too many people think they latch onto godly principles and just start to wither away. I can't have fun anymore. Can't go out. Can't hit the club, Makai, right? Like, I can't go do these things. And I'm like, no, 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 the, the person that's godly, that's in a relationship with God, their leaf doesn't wither, doesn't ever dry up, doesn't just fade away. No, it's, there's always life, there's always purpose, there's always joy, there's always hope. That's what the Christian life looks like. The blessed life, that's what it looks like. And what I found is that those who chase worldly things and their life, so a leaf, life on a tree, those who chase worldly things and find their life from the things of this world, when the things of this world start to fade, the life starts to fade away. But man, for the godly person who's chasing the Lord and the things of his world and his kingdom, the leaf never withers, never fades, never dries up. Whatever he does, prospers. Whatever he does, prospers. And that's a promise from the word of God. It means that if you pursue the Lord and you set your sights on Jesus and you live a godly life and a blessed life, whatever you set your hands to do will be successful. That's a promise from God's word. And that's a good promise, amen? That's good news, amen? Y'all get on your feet real quick. I'm gonna close this service out. Two things I want you to know is this. If, if you're planted, you're gonna prosper. Psalm 92, 13 says this, that those who plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And I just believe for some of you today, the word that you need to hear is just plant. Plant yourself. Put roots down where you are. Don't try to get somewhere first. But put a seed in the ground right now, plant yourself and let God help you grow. Because when you're grounded, you grow. That's just a fact. When you're grounded, you grow.